Our passage today, as we continue our Summer in the Psalms series, is one of the most beloved in the Bible. Most theologians believe it was written not in the morning or the noontime in King David's years, but in the twilight of his life, Psalm 23. It seems uh, to be written from a perspective of having lived much, having seen the hand of God through the successes and failures, the, the good times and the bad times, if you will. David's occupation as a boy was that of a shepherd. And in Psalm 23, it seems that he is reflecting on the days of his youth. Then his mind moves to the goodness of God, who, like a shepherd, has cared for him through it all. The mountaintops, the valleys, and everything in between. Now one cannot understand Psalm 23 unless you consider the viewpoint of a sheep. Now what do we know about sheep? Well, believe it or not, there are sheep psychologists. Now mind you, we're not talking about a sheep sitting, you know, laying on a sofa under a tree in a pasture, pouring the sheep's heart out to a therapist. It's not that kind of sheep psychology. But it's rather psychologists that study the behavior of sheep. There is a, that is a thing. People can make a career of that. Maybe that would interest you at some point. One such analyst is Timothy Krupa, who wrote an article appropriately titled, The Psychology of Sheep. Here's what he discovered. Sheep are followers. They're instinctively fearful. They're seekers of light. They can be aggressive. They are resistant to change. They welcome being shepherded, especially when in pain. And they're not very intelligent, but they are quick learners with good memories. That's almost incongruous, isn't it? But there it is, that's, there, that's what is in his book. Now, this description isn't so attractive. I mean, sheep do not have qualities that one would naturally aspire to possess. Fearful, prone to being aggressive, and then the ultimate kicker, not very intelligent. Maybe this is why you do not see sheep as mascots for college football teams or soccer teams or nations. Rather, you have a tiger from India, a lion from England, a dragon from China, a bear from Russia. Granted, Canada has a, the rather understated beaver, but that is the exception. Sorry, Craig. But it is what it is, right? Football, for the most part, has the same array of mighty images, such as bears, lions, Bengals, and the like. There are rams, but that's like the Batman of sheepery. Rams. Can you imagine a team running out of the tunnel at a stadium and breaking through this large image of a, of a sheep as they come on the field? You get the idea. Yeah, sheep are not an image that evoke fear for the opposition. Then there is the idea of sheep being a follower. How many self-help books are there that have been on the bestseller list about following Maybe you've uh, seen the book, The Ten Most Effective Ways Not to Lead. Or a conference, maybe, that I missed, The Catalyst Follower. 
There's no one, it seems, who wants to follow. Everyone wants to lead, want to be independent, self-sufficient. On the surface, one would be inclined to run as far away from being sheep-like as possible. But as we often see in the Bible, the extraordinary life of a follower of Christ is in fact countercultural. Thus, the identifying label Christ follower. What David reflects on from experience are the benefits of being a sheep, which is the qualifier of having a good shepherd. This brings us to today's text, Psalm 23. Hear the word of the Lord The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we stated, life for sheep is ultimately dependent on the quality of the shepherd. A bad shepherd will cause the sheep to be unsettled, to be unprotected, malnourished, and eventually the sheep will scatter under a bad shepherd. But if they have a good shepherd, they will prosper. They will experience some pretty amazing benefits as we have seen in Psalm 23. David lists them based on his life experience. And I'd just like to take a few moments tonight and just highlight each one of the benefits of being a sheep and following the Lord as the good shepherd. First of all, there is provision for all that we need. I love this. The Lord is my shepherd. It's the personal application. It's great that he's a person shepherd maybe across the street or another city, but he's my personal shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my source. He is my provider. He even knows what we need before we ask of it. But he likes us to ask because he's a father. He, re, he is a relational God. And it's all about relationship, not religion or duty. It's like a father and a child, a shepherd and the sheep. This shepherd can be trusted to provide for the sheep. The second benefit is leading us to tranquility. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He knows where the calm waters of life are, the moments that we need peace. When we are anxious, when we are stressed, when we are troubled, he is a shepherd that leads us to quiet waters. He leads us to moments of refreshing amid the weary days of life. The third benefit is he steers us along the right path for our benefit and for the shepherd's glory. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. 
There are times that I have really usurped the Lord as my shepherd and I have served as my own shepherd and those times typically lead me to take wrong turns. But we have a shepherd that in relationship with him, when we are following, attentive to the leading of this shepherd, he directs us upon the right path. No wrong turns, but the right path for his name's sake. It's a win-win because it's a win for us personally, but also for the glory of his name, for the good of the name of the shepherd. Fourth, we see that there is companionship through the darkest seasons of life. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I mentioned that the sheep's instincts are to welcome shepherding in a time of pain. For all of us, there will be times of pain, times of sorrow. And there's a promise here that we will never be alone in those times, that he will be with us. On our worst day, our most difficult season in life, we will have a companion. The name that was given to Jesus by the prophet Isaiah, one of the names is Emmanuel, which means God is with us, God with us. Even by virtue of his very name, the shepherd will be with us. Fifth, we see that, that we are empowered by the symbols of kingship and priesthood. Your rod, which is a symbol of kingship, and your staff, which is a symbol of priesthood, they comfort me. Now, there can be a little bit of confusion about what the word comfort means. Now, as you heard that, you probably instantly had a sense of a definition. However, in the ancient Latin and in the ancient text that we are really looking at from Hebrew, the word comfort meant something else. Even in the U.S. Constitution, when we have the word comfort that is written, it means something different than you might think. In the U.S. Constitution, there is a definition of an act of treason. And in that definition, in that explanation, it says giving aid, a, treason and, a treasonous act is giving aid and comfort, and that in Latin means strength and power to the enemy. So here comfort is not offering a hot drink or a warm blanket, it is actually providing strength and power to the enemy in this context, but for us, it is providing strength and power for the season that we are in, and that certainly can result in the kind of comfort that we would go back to that definition that we know, but it's really a strong word, comfort, strength, power, to help you through when you face the enemy. It means that the shepherd king, this priest, gives strength and empowers his followers. Comfort is a strong word. A strong meaning. And then sixth, enjoying a feast, celebrating victory, even as we face opposition. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is much like Jesus having a meal with his closest followers prior to his crucifixion. 
Even as the enemy was plotting to crucify Jesus, he was having fellowship. He was having a meal with his followers. Even in the presence of his enemies, Jesus fellowship. Jesus broke bread. The victory was assured even though the enemy is at hand and fellowship enjoyed. This is really a biblical approach to communion, which we will partake of later in our gathering this evening together. That no matter what we face, we're reminded as we partake, we have fellowship at the Lord's table, that the victory is won. In the presence of my enemies, there is a feast. There is a table prepared. This is good news. And much that we can rest in the victory of Christ in our life. The seventh benefit of being sheep, following the good shepherd, is our spirit-filled life overflowing with joy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is a description of the anointing of Jesus is received, that he received, as we see this in Hebrews 1.9. You, Jesus, have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. To me, this is the icing on the cake. It's like all that the good shepherd does for us, he provides for us, he guides us, he nurtures us, he refreshes us. But on top of that, he imparts joy to the sheep. He enjoy, imparts joy to us in our inner person that is a spirit life that is overflowing with joy. Sometimes when we feel that we are not walking in the joy of the Lord, we probably would do well to take a step back, and I do this, and ask, how, how close am I following Jesus? How, how much in tune with the Lord am I? Have I been the shepherd of my own life for a while. That's maybe why the joy is going down. But to be in the presence of the Lord, to worship him, to be nurtured by the shepherd, and then a result of that is the joy wells up within us. Again, happiness is circumstantial. It's based on good circumstances, everything falling in place. This happy birthday is one day. It's not, you know, it's one, it's an event. But joy is possible in a relationship with Christ no matter what we may be facing, it's not based on situations or circumstances. He instills joy. And then eighth, as we follow the shepherd, his goodness and love chase us. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Sheep following the good shepherd cannot escape God's goodness and his love. A couple of weeks ago, we were up in Maine, and uh, we were picking raspberries. Everything was going well until I got a little bit, I ran a little interference in a with very possessive bee that really did not like me picking raspberries right in that location. And so this bee, really unbeknownst to me, I kind of, the bees were kind of everywhere, but this one like, it started chasing me down. And when I was reading this about, you know, his goodness and love chasing us, following us, all the, I felt, I remember this bee just chasing me down, and uh, those that were, my family members that were close in that, uh, in picking raspberries and blueberries, they heard a loud shout of pain when that, that bee chased me and caught me 
and uh, made a very clear indication that that bee was not happy at all with me interfering with her raspberry area. And this is really, I, I think that's, we, we do well to have this image of the love and the goodness of God pursuing us, chasing us down. It's not based on how good we are, not based on us uh, following all of the rules and following, doing religious duty, and then maybe God will love us more. No, God loves you insatiably. His goodness and love are chasing you, just like that bee was chasing me down. So maybe we need to stop and let it catch us. Like, I, unbeknownst to me, I, I stopped and, and was chased down and caught by the bee. The ninth and the last benefit that we see here, although there are more in Scripture, but just in Psalm 23, a future decided and secure. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's no worries about your long-term, I mean really long-term benefit plan. This is about a promise securing a wonderful forever, a wonderful future for you for eternity that the shepherd has planned. What a wonderful shepherd to provide all of these amazing benefits. As a pastor, there have been many times here and then through the years that I have given a call out for people to, to lead. Would you like to lead a ministry? Would you like to be a, a worship leader? How would you feel about leading a, per, a certain department or division in the church? That's not today. I'm not calling any of you or not appealing for any of you to be leaders in the church. Rather, the appeal is that you would consider being a follower, a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a follower of the Good Shepherd. Maybe and perhaps all here today have made that decision to be a follower of Jesus. Then hopefully this serves as a vivid reminder of the ongoing and eternal benefits of following Jesus. We call it lordship. Allowing Jesus Christ to be in control of our life and that we would follow him. I found that I need this reminder often because it's too easy for me to become the shepherd of my life instead of a sheep following the good shepherd. Before long, I can become fearful, worried, tempted to darkness, resistant to change, and making rather unintelligent decisions, which is what a sheep does without a shepherd. Then maybe it's a worship gathering, or maybe it's a time in the morning with the Lord. Maybe it's a scripture that I read. Maybe it's a conversation with a, uh, another follower of Christ that, that brings me back to this awareness that I need to just go back and assume the position of a sheep, of following the good shepherd to make a correction, a realignment with my life. All of the benefits described in Psalm 23 and more are yours if you decide to become a follower of Jesus. You will not be joining a political party, an institution, or be encumbered with religious duties. You will, however, be welcome into a family of sheep with a loving and caring shepherd. As I was growing up, my father was a pastor, many of you know that, and quite often 
he would have a thread in whether it was a sermon or an invitation, a time at the altar, and he would talk about the call of God on our life. And this really impressed me as I was in junior high and then high school and trying to figure out what future looked like. The call of God, the call means a summons of the shepherd to the sheep. I was in a meeting this past week in uh, Bible college where I'm on the faculty, and the comment was, you know, there's just not much talk today in churches about the call of God. They were talking about enrollment, and not only at that institution, but others across America. The churches aren't really talking about calling, talking about looking at a life with gifts and talents that God has given us and entrusted to us, and aptitude and passions that we have, things that are burning inside of us, and then bringing it to the shepherd. As we bring it to the shepherd and say, I am here once again, oh good shepherd Jesus, I'm here to follow you, and I want to give my life in a manner that is not just declaring I believe in Jesus, but that there's a call that you're summoning me to make a difference in the world, thus embracing the call of God on my life. And again, it's not so much about figuring out a successful career, but about being obedient to the voice of the shepherd that wants us to follow and sometimes it can be scary with this thing about call of God on our life because it can upset things. For us, it was to move to Boston and to plant a church in 2012. That was the call. And I can say today that God has been faithful as a shepherd to provide everything that we have needed. All of these benefits from Psalm 23, as we laid down what seemed to be very secure and came to Boston to start a church because God summoned us to do it, we can stand here today. If you talk to Shelly, talk to myself, talk to our family, they will all attest that God has been faithful in every promise, every promise in Psalm 23 that we have experienced and continue to experience. So I encourage you, as we have opportunity to reflect, to pray in just a moment, I encourage you to consider where you're at in terms of following the Good Shepherd. If you are here today have not yet made that declaration to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then this is where it starts. That's where it starts. I think, again, for most, if not all, it is about coming back and reaffirming your status as a sheep and his status as the shepherd. And then offering our life to the Good Shepherd, trusting that all that we need, material, materially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, everything that we need, including a wonderful forever, will be provided by our Good Shepherd. So I encourage you to consider that this evening. And many have gone before you and, and, and interacted with, wrestled with this and then God did amazing things in their life. I think of C.S. Lewis. I think of, of his legacy even 
years, decades after his passing, still changing lives all over the world with the books and the literature that, that he wrote. But he had this moment of laying it down, saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. One life, great impact. All because he decided to be a sheep rather than the shepherd of his life. Let's pray.